is episode 35 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and joining me is Patrick. Hey, I'm back. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, Noah? I'm doing good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah. It's been a while since we've uh, talked about some movie news, but... Um, we're back, and we're probably late on a lot of the topics here, but um, we'll go. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll, we'll break them down. But before we do, Patrick, have you seen anything since we last talked with um, the Gold Rush? Yes, um, I have seen. Well, I watched Zombieland uh, when I was ah. traveling. Did not like it. I'm going to be honest. I know a lot of people did enjoy it. And it mm-hmm. definitely had some 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 jokes in there, but I didn't really, I wasn't really laughing a whole lot. The action wasn't really anything special. I felt like the characters were just kind of like a little a little stereotypical, a little bland. Uh-huh. And I don't, I just didn't really enjoy it that much. But you know, oh. I've seen it, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watched Carnival of Souls by Herc Harvey, which is like a really old 19, well, not really old, but 1962 uh, horror movie. It was all right. It's It's got pretty good rating on Letterboxd, like 3.7, which, you know, is pretty good for like a, a 60s horror movie. But I uh-huh. didn't really get into it. The acting was kind of a little over the top, you know, kind of like those, yeah. those silent films that you so despise the acting in and i (laughs) not despise them but no yeah i know i was being a little over the top uh but um, like the actors (laughs) yeah exactly but this was yeah it was just too boring and the acting was over the top and the story was kind of cool they did like kind of a twist at the end but you kind of kind of saw it coming so it wasn't that great but yeah it kind of averaged there's some really good cinematography, though, especially for the time. Um, and then I watched The Asphalt Jungle, which is even older, 1950. And this was like a noir uh, movie. And this one was actually really enjoyable. There was, some, you know, the main crew were really good actors, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the noir cinematography was really cool. It was by John Houston. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, he's got some classics under his belt. And I would say this is one of them. It's a little overlooked, but I thought it was really good. Also mm-hmm. had some good Marilyn Monroe scenes, which I'm kind of kind of a fan right now. So I'm going through some of her movies. Oh, okay. And uh, I also watched in that same vein, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is one mm-hmm. of her famous movies. Got the uh, famous... Uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend number towards the end. And this one was really funny. It's really like, it's pretty corny at times, but yeah. it's all it's all very self-aware and pretty enjoyable. So I thought it was entertaining. And yeah, that's what I've watched. How about you? Well, yeah, I've, I've seen quite a bit uh, since <laughs> we last talked. You know, we went on about a... Awesome over a five-hour drive to go to um, Kansas City that wasn't in Kansas, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, still, uh, I did see uh, quite a few things. I saw 
um, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2 based off the um, Frank Miller comic. And uh, I've mentioned this one before on our five movies we want to see soon. Uh, So I knocked those off the list, which I was really glad to do that. Um, And it's really just like a straight up adaptation of the comic. Like They don't make any changes or anything, which is fine because that comic is legendary for a reason. And um, there were some really, really good moments, like top 10 Batman on screen moments. Like it was just some just some really great moments. And it's all thanks to that comic, but it was just so cool seeing them on screen. Um, I think I preferred part two over part one. I know some people disagree, but I thought that um, part two was great because, I mean, Joker makes everything better. So it was really cool. Um, seeing him in, in that part two. Um, and yeah. I was just so enthralled with um, the whole deal. I, I watched him back to back and I watched part two and there's a scene where Joker comes on to a talk show and he um, he gasses everybody with like poison laughing gas. And, and the guy who gave him the gas told him that while he was up there, he needed to breathe only through his nose. And I didn't realize that I was breathing through my nose the whole scene, <laughs> trying to, I was like that, just drawn into it. It was so weird. And I like caught myself like when the scene was over, like, whoa, I've been breathing through my nose the whole time. But uh, yeah, it's it's so good because it's such a good comic. And um, I'd really like to see a live action version of it. I mean, there'd obviously be some things that you'd have to tweak in order to do it. Um, I, but I found myself like I think the biggest weakness was that this was animated, and I think that it'd be really cool to see um some just uh in, in live action form. But there are some moments where like when we would get a shot that was straight out of the comic, like you know, one of the famous um panels from that comic is like Batman like jumping over the moon in this almost dive type of position, and that mm-hmm. was straight up from the comic. It, comic and i've got like really nostalgic i was like oh my goodness it's that shot because that's mm-hmm. not only does the is the story so good in that comic but the artwork is really cool as well uh and just different from most comics that we see um now it's definitely uh a, a form of art in that time um so yeah, yeah i'd recommend both parts it was a really cool experience just to see all that and dc how about you make a live action dark knight returns I mean, that'd be awesome. You're doing Flashpoint with the Flash. So do the Dark Knight Returns. That'd be awesome. Uh, Also, I think it'd be really cool to see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, maybe, as the older Joker in that. But I don't know if the timeline would exactly match up. Uh, But anyway, uh, I saw a lot of a lot of short films um, that I want to bring up. I'll just mention a few. Um, My whole short film binge resumed when I watched Next Floor, which is a short film by, okay, Dennis Villanueva. I hope I'm saying that right once again. Uh, but uh, this one was, it might be my favorite short film, honestly. It's on YouTube. Um, it's, I, I don't want to say a whole lot about it, but it's about these people um, eating this really just weird looking food. And it's just really over the top. And it's, well, and really just like like tense and so at times just disturbing and it's it was so interesting I was just enthralled with it I showed it to my dad he liked it a lot too 
Um, so I would definitely recommend this one a whole lot. It's probably my favorite short film. I just, just I couldn't. I I went back to it like two or three times. I just couldn't stay away from it. It was just something I had to um, rewatch again. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that. It's on YouTube, uh, and you know, Dennis Villanueva is directing it, so you know it's it's gonna have something to it. Um, and it definitely has some great you know cinematography and um, just the way the food looks. Uh, it's all it just all looks great. Awesome. Yeah, I think I've seen that one on on YouTube. It was really good. Yeah, I also saw the stunt double, um, which is directed by um, Damien Chazelle. It's a short film as well, all shot with using the iPhone 11, and it looks really good. Uh, the story, it's sort of, it's it's fun. It's not really that important to the story though. It just is. Um, it's really just the the camera work and cinematography and just the way the whole thing looks. I mean, the iPhone 11, uh, it, it's got a great camera, and I was um. I was making a, a short film this weekend and I I was looking through the through my camera uh, before I shot I was like oh this thing looks horrible I have like an iPhone 7 or something I don't know but my mom has the iPhone 11 Pro and I was like can I use your phone and she's like yes yeah, sir and so that was what I used to make the short film which you know I'm in the editing process of it now but I shot a bit of that uh last night and Ooh. yeah, I, I'm definitely excited. I think it turned out a lot better than my uh, my other short film that I made, which I wasn't entirely confident with. It was sort of a uh, just on the on the left like field, a, I guess. When I decided, <laughs> yeah, and it just not everything turned out real great. But I went back and did some editing today that made it look a whole lot different. So um, I might like re-release that into like a different cut. The the new the the Nukem cut or whatever I don't know but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah that was something that I did this weekend but the stunt double looks really great and uh yeah the, just the iPhone 11 Pro it's really just a testament to that just how well it looks and and uh, it's basically just going through like a bunch of stereotypical iconic moments like a western like a raiding of a temple or something that is shot with the iPhone 11 Pro and it looks really good cool. um so that one's also on YouTube and you know, Apple uh, produced it since it's sort of their phone. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about that side of technology. But uh, I, one more that I'll mention is I saw um, Rebooted, uh, which is another one that I absolutely loved. Uh, it's uh, starring like a um, oh, oh, I forgot the name for it, the, the term. Um, a stop motion skeleton. That's it. Yeah, uh, and it was sort of I think it's just an interesting way to look at how cinema has changed through the years. This um, uh, this skeleton who's like trying to find work, but he, he used he like worked in some of those um sort of uh Harry Houston type of films with uh like uh Jason the like the oh all those titles are just I I keep forgetting them, but sort of that era of film and, and that type of action and. You know, he just doesn't hold up as well to big CGI products, and it's him sort of having to come to terms with that. And it's a really heartfelt um, short film, and we just the skeleton looks really good. It's a great looking short film, like all like the others I just mentioned. And I think it's also just a great it's, it has a great message just for people who uh, are like 
you know, like the OLED film is better and stuff, which in some cases, yeah, it is. But there's also like the skeleton's got to come to terms with we're sort of bringing, we're letting a um, a new era of a CGI and film just come in and it'll have its time that something else will come in. And, and he just sort of like, yeah, I had my run. That's sort of like Toy Story, you know, with Woody having to step down and let Buzz mm-hmm. be the, the toy, the, Andy's toy now. And so it, it had that similar feel to it as well. Um, but So yeah, I saw a whole lot of other short films, but those are just the three I wanted to mention. Um, I also rewatched Inception again. This time I saw it with my brother Jude. Uh, and I was really interested to see what he would think of it because, you know, that that's a it's a dense movie. I didn't know if a if a ten year old would be able to go with it the way I had, but he did. He he liked it a whole lot, and you know, I really love Inception. So I was so down to rewatch that. And once again, the biggest thing I'm catching when I'm watching it now is that Hans Zimmer score, which is so good. There's so many great great themes that the uh, dream is collapsing time Mombasa they're all so good and uh, I was listening to I don't know if I mentioned this before but I was listening to a um, uh, to Hans Zimmer performing at Prague uh, you, you could find that type of album like on, on Spotify or something when he's performing live mm-hmm. and uh, when he started playing the first few notes of uh, dream is collapsing like the crowd just roared and applauded and cheered and I was like wow I mean this score is absolutely legendary I was so glad to know that I that like there are so many other people out there who just really just really appreciate this score it was just really an eye-opener to me like yeah this score is has really it's what probably one of the defining scores of this century honestly I mean Hans Zimmer he's one of the best composers out there and uh you know John Williams he's he's getting older in years and he was he was he's probably tied with Zimmer as my favorite composer. Um, but you know, he he's sort of he's getting older, he's not doing a whole lot of scores. So now I'm like that, yeah, Hans Zimmer's probably my favorite um composer working. Um so yeah, Inception was really great on rewatch. And then I saw Little Women, uh the twenty nineteen version. I have been holding off on singles like, well, uh, should I read the book? Should I not? And then you know, I was talking to you, Patrick, when you were over about our house and you're like, oh, I didn't even read the book. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'm going to watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that was the, this was the movie I watched on, um, on the drive to Kansas city. That's not actually in Kansas. And, um, you know, I, this sort of style of era of film, like the, the sort of the, uh, like pride and prejudice, um, war and peace, uh, if you understand what I'm saying, like those fil- those books or films, I've never been able to really, really enjoy or ever get into. But uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by Little Women. I mean, this is obviously a, a big uh, Oscar contender. Had a uh, was up for a ton of awards, and the the, the scores on Letterboxd were really high. So I was like, well, I I need to check this one out, and so uh, I did. And like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I gave it a, a four star rating, which I think is it's it's pretty good. Uh, actually, I think it's very good. Uh, the acting so good. Um, the score is really good. The way the movie looks is really good. The story looks so good. Everything about it is really good. The one the one problem that I had with it, if I had to name one, would be that the story starts 
it, it seems a little late into the game. Like I think this movie's two hours and twenty minutes, and it, I think it took a while for us to get into the just the meat of the story. And once it did, I mean, I was totally on board with just about everything the movie was doing. So I could, it's probably not like. I probably wouldn't have given it best picture, but then again, I haven't seen all the best picture contenders. But I still think that this is one that people definitely need to check out. And you know, we got Greta Gerwig directing, who did um, Lady Bird, and then she's going to be um, Gillo this Patrick. She's going to be directing the Barbie movie, and it's got um, <laughs> it's got Noah Bomb. Bomb writing, yeah, yeah. Who who did Marriage Story, he's and he's great. going to be right. Yeah, he's gonna be writing the movie, and I, I looked at that. And I was like, "Whoa, no way!" <laughs> like, yeah, they, I mean, they're I, married actually. Okay, I see. I didn't know that, but uh, that like I would never watch a um, uh, a Barbie movie. But after seeing <laughs> Little Women, I might be in theaters to see that. I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> the, the, there are two I mean greatly respected directors and writers. So, yeah, I would probably check that out, honestly, which is something I probably wouldn't have said uh, af- uh, before seeing Little Women. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Little Women, thumbs up. Definitely go see that one. Um, I also saw 310 to Yuma with um, what I consider to be two of uh, the, like, the greatest actors currently working, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. Um I mean, I've 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 been on record and say Christian Bale's my favorite actor, and uh, you know, Art Chaplin is quickly coming up there. Just the more and more of his films that I see, and a uh, Three Tenths Yuma, James Mangold directing, who did Ford vs Ferrari and Logan, two movies I really really like, and uh, Three Tenths Yuma is it's a great western. It's a it's a lot different from most westerns. I know it had a an older version, sort of uh, in like nineteen fifty four, I think. Um, this was the one I saw. I didn't know that until after I rated the movie on Letterboxd. Um, but uh, it does a lot of things differently that I that I wouldn't think a Western would do. The, the character Christian Bale plays is not this shoot em up guy. He's sort of this wimp, and Russell Crowe is this uh, this uh, this charismatic killer sort of. And just the I mean, seeing those two on screen working together or like just acting. That is, for me, that was reason enough to go watch this. Then we got James Mangold directing, which is another reason to see it. And uh, I was really, uh, really just surprised at how much I liked this movie. And I already knew I was going to like it just because I really like Christian Bell and Russell Crowe. Um, so I would definitely also give this one a recommend as well. Um, really worth a watch. And just a, when a lot of Westerns can sort of feel the same, this one stands out definitely just with the characters and the, the, the chemistry between uh, Christian Bell and Russell Crowe. Uh, it, it's really just something you got to see. Yeah, that's a good one. I also saw Edward Scissorhands. And I'll be a little more brief on some of the other ones I saw, but Edward Scissorhands, I think it's probably maybe my favorite movie that Tim Burton directed. Uh, you know, we got Batman 1989, but I mean, Tim Burton's the kind of, like, Tim Burton, the most famous movie he's known for is one he didn't direct, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, which I, I do really like. It's, but uh, Edward Scissorhands is probably the favorite, my favorite film that he directed. You've got Johnny Depp, which is always a plus in my book. Uh, and he's really good in this. It's got Burton's style. Are you there? 
You're kind of cutting out. To be... What? Sorry, you cut out for like a good five seconds. But you're back now. My oh, bad. okay. Well, it's... Just after you talked about Johnny Depp. Yeah, well, like I said, it's got Burton's... It's got Burton's style and Johnny Depp's acting. And it's just a... I think it's... I, I think it's sort of a, a cult classic, but... Or just... The, a bit of an underrated film, honestly. I think that more people should definitely check this one out. And Tim Burton, you know, everybody knows who he is, but I feel like not a lot of people like see his movies. They just sort of like know what his style is, and they probably know from Nightmare Before Christmas, like I said. But um, Edward Scissorhands, really solid. Recommend. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Blind Witch, and The Wardrobe. That was another one that I saw. Uh, that was one that my brother Jude picked. And, you know, I really like the source material of these movies by C.S. Lewis. Uh, I really like those novels. Um, and I thought that I remembered the, the films as being Blind Witch the Wardrobe, sketchy CGI, but had heart. And so I was like, okay, well, this one won't hurt to rewatch. <laughs> and it actually doesn't hold up that well. The CGI is even worse <laughs> than I remembered. Um, not it's this not all the elements hold up and it feels there were moments where it's just the whole thing felt really weird i think the editing was way off um but yeah it, it didn't hold up a whole lot it's not bad it had moments that i really appreciated because i like that source material so much um and it's got a bit of that heart but there were some moments this is like well this is just weird um yeah <laughs> then the next one i saw and this was something i'm going to dwell on for a minute is the general I've said it before that I wasn't that big on the general when I first saw it, but I was going to give it a rewatch. And so I sat here, watched it on the way to the, uh, Kansas City, and just I still couldn't go with it. I, I don't know why. I mean, I know this movie is considered to be one of the greatest silent films ever, and I just I couldn't wrap my mind around it. It's, I will say, I, I gave it a solid rating, three and a half stars, which is, which is a solid, good rating. I put it by like most fraught to, um, which is one that I didn't think was just overly awesome. But uh, the general Buster Keaton's good. The film looks really good. Um, but I honestly thought it'd be better as like a, a, a short film, like a, a 30 minute short or something like that. Um, but I, I just couldn't go with it. I, I'm sorry for fans of the general. I, I know that I can see why people would really, really like this one. It's sort of the almost an action type of, of film for, for that time, I guess. Um, but there was this time, of, there was this problem. So I just couldn't go with everything. And, uh, I just, I just couldn't go with everything that was happening in the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I could see why people would like it um but yeah digital I, I consider it sort of overrated i guess i'm sorry but i can understand why buster keaton was so um just so liked uh in that time he's i i know people compare him to Troy chaplin two completely different types of actors i i think the only reason they're compared is because they were two of the greatest silent film actors of the time and uh i don't i guess that i can see why people would want to would, would want to compare the two i i i don't think that the comparison is exactly needed but um i'll i definitely want to see Sherlock jr which i def i want to check that one out because i know it's another one of buster keaton's um 
uh, beloved films. And I know, Patrick, you gave that one a, a high rating on Letterboxd. So I'll, I definitely wanted to see that one. I'll give Buster Keaton another shot to wow me. Uh, but in general, I just didn't go with it. The yeah, end. I can see people that don't like the general as much still enjoying Sherlock Jr. a lot more. I thought they were – I prefer the general personally, but they're mm-hmm. actually pretty different. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to want to rewatch uh, – I mean, watch uh, Sherlock Jr. just because I, I want to give Keaton another shot because I know that he's um, really, really beloved in just the science film era. So, yeah, I'll check that one out. Um, I also saw Hostiles, another Christian Bale movie. Um, and, you know, I know, Patrick, you've seen this one. And um, Christian Bale is rounding up this, his crew to go and um, uh, bring this Indian chief back to his homeland or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamonti's part of the crew. And I was like, oh, great, Timothy Chalamonti's in this. <laughs> and then he dies the first time the Indians pop up. I guess a minor spoiler, but I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing uh, him work with Christian Bale because I was like, oh, well, he was really good at Little Women, which uh, it, it's it's cool because he, Christian Bale played his character in the older version of the Little Women story. So I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's ironic a little bit. But yeah, he's taken out pretty quick. And all I'll say is the movie looks beautiful and Christian Bale, fantastic as usual he's just so good in this movie and you really begin to just sort of want to follow his character um throughout the the whole movie so yeah hostiles another thumbs up uh i saw voyage of the dawn trader which is the third chronicles of narnia movie um not great bad i'd say <laughs> not good at all it's the end um i saw once upon a time in the west um which i know patrick that's one of your favorite movies so absolutely i was like yeah, it was free on Prime Video. I was like, I'm going to give this one a shot. Um, and yeah, I could see why this would be someone's favorite movie. It's it's really good. Uh, I think it. this might be my favorite uh, as far as um, I, the good between the good, the bad, the ugly, and what's about time in the West. Because uh, it, it, for me, it just has like the, it's, I think the characters um, are a little more well-rounded than... Um, uh, the ones in The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, even though both the, the characters that I really like as well. Uh, we got Henry Fonda in here from 12 Angry Men, who's like mm-hmm. this really nice, sympathetic guy. And here he's just like sort of the, the, the villain of the story, even though he has some sort of like he has relatable moments where you still sort of um, care for his character. Uh, but the acting really good. Uh, it's got for me it had everything I wanted from a western. It got the saloons, the train, the the shoot 'em up scenes, and the the small town. It had all that, which is something I just really appreciated because that's what I like from westerns. Um, so I was gonna say if you're if you're wanting to see a, like a classic western or I guess a spaghetti western, um, this is one you should definitely see. Um, and yeah, it's it's so good. The the story, the characters, it's all good. And then I noticed in the score by Ennio Morsino, I hope I'm saying that right, um, but Colin Zimmer really ripped him off in World's End. Uh, <laughs> there's a scene in that movie where um, uh, uh, they're, they're walking on the beach and Colin uh, Zimmer brings into some of the guitar music, almost like, a, like some sort of Western film, and he, like and then that's a whole lot of what is in Once Upon a Time in the West. I was like, wow, Hans Zimmer 
really <laughs> ripped off Ennio Morsino. Uh, but uh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in the West, really good. Um, Sing, saw that, not great. Nah, go see a Pixar movie. <laughs> if you want to see an animated movie, don't see Sing. Um, Robocop, I saw that. It's a great action movie with some with a, uh, some hidden denseness into it, which I really appreciated. And then it looks great also. The Robocop looks really cool. It's got some great over-the-top action, which um, I really liked. And then it's also uh, got a really cool robot in it as well. It's, a cl- it's an action classic for its own reason. I prefer it to Predator. I prefer this over Predator, uh, which came out the, the same year. And um, yeah, Robocop, really, really good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Long list, I know. But we've got some movie news to break down. Um, I'm going to say the thing we're probably most late on, I think we should definitely start out with because we're so late on it. We can't afford to be any more late. Um, the Spider Cut. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Patrick, you go first. What have you heard about the Snyder Cut? Because I know you have. I mean, who hasn't heard about the Snyder Cut? You could be in the wilderness just by yourself and see the planes come over with release the Snyder Cut banners. I mean, it's been all over. All right, Patrick, what are you, what's your relationship with the Snyder Cut? What do you think of it? Um, well, I have not seen Justice League. I believe that's the, that's the movie that the Snyder Cut is for, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I still haven't seen Justice League because I just saw the awful reviews and yep. didn't really want to waste my time. So, (laughs) but I, you know, I've always been kind of a proponent of Snyder as far as like the kinds of decisions that he chose to make in Batman versus Superman that people didn't really like. And I always felt like the studio was definitely getting in the way as, you know, DC tends to do. They tend to mess everything up and Warner Bros. isn't really great about it either. So Mm -hmm. I... I would be interested in watching this. I, I definitely would probably give it a, a chance. I'm much more likely to give it a chance than to ever go and watch the original cut of Justice League. I don't really know if I'll watch it. Yeah. But what, what's your relationship with this whole story? Okay, so I saw Justice League in theaters when I was like 10 or 11 with my dad. And as a, a younger I think probably less experienced viewer. I had a good time watching it with my dad in theaters. Then I saw it a second time and was like, oh, this might not have been as good as I thought it was. Then I saw it a third time and I was like, oh, this this is bad. Like, what happened to Henry Cavill's face? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Who is Steppenwolf, the, the DC ripoff, the band. I just really confused and saw the fourth time. I was like, yeah, this is horrible. Worst DCEU movie I've seen um, in that extended universe. Batman versus Superman was a fine film. It was fine, in my opinion. A whole, it was a whole lot of mediocre and a little bit of bad with some. Actually, I think Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, gets the best Batman hand-to-hand action scene we've ever seen. And I continually go back to watch that clip on YouTube because it is so good. And I think Snyder would make a really good um, 
choreographer of action. I think he's he's capable of doing stuff like that. If Man of Steel, he had almost this Michael Bay type of camera work that I didn't really like a whole lot. Um, but um, Batman vs. Superman had one of the best Batman action scenes ever. And that I really liked. And I thought Ben Affleck was the best part of that movie. Because um, I really liked his Batman. Uh, but yeah, Henry Cavill, Superman, is a kind of a jerk. And he is in Justice League as well. But here's the thing. The Snyder Cut. For those of you who don't know why people are pushing for the Snyder Cut, Justice League basically had two directors. Um, Scott, uh, I'm thinking the comic guy, Zack Snyder, who didn't get to work on the project as much because his daughter um, sadly had, uh, she committed suicide, which is truly horrible. And that's really sad. And he had to step away for a little while. And then Joss Whedon came in from Avengers fame, Age of Ultron, and of course the 2012 Avengers film. And he did a little bit of work on it also. So we got two visions here. We got some of Snyder's more darker stuff. Then we got this lighthearted Joss Whedon. And those visions just didn't match. The CGI was awful. Um, the, it felt just so rushed. DC did not plan this universe as well as Marvel did. And like you could watch like Thor the Dark World would be like, oh, this is not good. Then you could go see Justice League and say, oh, it could be worse. And you really have a much bigger appreciation for the Marvel movies. I, I don't want to come up as like a DC hater because they make my favorite comics. Um, but their DCEU is just really messy. I mean, Wonder Woman, that was good. Shazam was fun. Um, you know, Joker, haven't seen that one, but, you know, people, uh, it's, overall, I think it's well, really liked. Um, but here's the thing. People have built the Snyder Cut to be the greatest film ever. I mean, it's so crazy just how devoted people are to Scott Snyder when he's certainly <laughs> a flawed director who doesn't really help his case a whole lot on Twitter where he's just tweet a bunch of stuff like he's quote unquote defending himself but also attacking the people who are attacking him and it's just this ongoing battle that neither is really in the right because they're just basically hating on one another um, and both are flawed in their own ways but the Scott Snyder fans have built this up to be I mean the Zack Snyder fans Sorry, two DC people I'm getting mixed up, but Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, are they brothers? But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Zack Snyder is going to be taking over. He's going to be reshoots, different stuff, almost a complete rewrite. We even got a clip of um, Wonder Woman looking at some sort of painting and then an image of Dark Side from a distance. Real weird, but this is not going to be the best superhero movie ever and i'll tell you why because it's got scott snyder directing which he's made some movies that have been liked and he has his moments but he's still a seriously flawed director and i mean batman versus superman that was completely scott snyder vision with a like you said a bit of studio interference but mainly Scott Snyder was the Warner Brothers boy, and he was doing whatever he wanted because Warner Brothers was letting him do it. And so 
um, it's still gonna have the problems I'm similar problems to Batman versus Superman, but it's not gonna be so great. I think the best rating the Snyder Cut's gonna get out of me is like a three and a half star rating, which is just <laughs> pretty good. And, and then I also yeah. think it could be really bad. Either way, though, I feel like right now, DC was, I mean, not DC fans, Snyder fans feel like they've somehow won this battle when DC said they were going to release the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. Um, but it's not going to be as good as any as they think it is. It's just not. They're, it, DC has already lost. They've already lost because it's not going to be the best movie ever. And that's what Snyder fans think it's going to be. That's what I have <laughs> to think about it. Um, I'm going to watch it, though, uh, because I think one of the biggest problems with Justice League was split visions. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see... Um, what Snyder thought of his Justice League was going to be. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just not going to be as good as people think it is. Really, I don't think, I think that there are many people out there who know this isn't going to be the best movie ever. It's just the Snyder fans who think this is going to be the best movie ever. And, you know, maybe their their love for Snyder is just going to make this the best movie ever. I mean, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's what I think of the Snyder cut. It's not going to be the best thing ever. Um, if I were to think of it, I was like, if I were to say, oh, it'll surpass this Marvel movie, it is probably going to surpass the first two Thor films. I'll say that. <laughs> it isn't saying much in my mind. I think Thor was pretty good. Thor The Dark World, not so good. Thor Ragnarok, love that one. So it's just going to surpass the first Thor, first two Thor films. Um and that's just a possibility. It could be worse. It could, if I were to, if that was a Marvel, if it's a Marvel movie, it could be the worst Marvel movie ever. I don't know. It's just not going to be that great. I don't have a lot of confidence in it, but I'm going to see it because I got an HBO Max subscription. So, yippee! Oh, uh, sure, I'll I'll see it. Yeah, I might have to borrow your login because I'm not sure I'm going to want to pay for this. <laughs> I know, like, I I like you could just do like the, the week a free week trial. Like, I feel like. Uh, oh yeah, true. Yeah, I feel like Warner Brothers is like, oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna bring some subscribers over to us, but they just have <laughs> to do the the free trial. But maybe when that's released, they'll take off the free trial. You will, you've got to get the subscription. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Star Cut, uh, it's happening. We were a little late on this one, but <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, all right. What else, what we also have is we have the Batwoman TV show. Um, she has been recast. Uh, I'm trying to think of who originally played as Batwoman. Let me think. Who played as Batwoman? Um, Who's the new person? Um, I'm, I'm looking that up. But uh, Patrick, have you watched the Batwoman show? I haven't. I honestly didn't know that it was going on. <laughs> oh, I could, yeah, that was probably one of the smaller ones, honestly, of all the DC shows in, in my mind, I think. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, okay, I think it was, uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, I can't find it. Let me see. Uh, okay. 
Is it on IMDb? I'm looking on Screamer right now, which is what I what where I originally found this news. But what what I will say while I'm looking for it is that Batwoman um was recast because um okay I think it was Ruby Rose who originally played yeah that's what it looks like yeah Ruby Rose played as Batwoman and uh, it was really a big thing because uh Ruby Rose is I think it she's she's bisexual I believe which is probably the biggest but the the big thing that made people want to see this show because we have the lead <laughs> uh, like not because it's like it's Batman or Batwoman but also people wanting to see a, a, a bisexual character have her own TV show in a in, on a DC show, which I think probably got them a lot of their viewers. But um, she has stopped playing. She 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 quit. She was she said she was done because she was filming so much and she got really tired. Now I believe the new Batwoman is Javica Leslie, and. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Ruby Rose is. Um, but I haven't also I haven't watched the Batwoman show. You know, the I don't know what exactly the the shows the the connected universe of those shows are called. Um, it's the Arrowverse. That's right, the Arrowverse. Um, I watched the first season of Flash, and I felt like it had a lot of soap opera elements into it, which was, I just thought was kind of weird. Um, and I de- I never really went back to it after the first season. I I, I probably could now, but I-, I just don't feel like going to it. I watched a few episodes of Arrow, and that's it. I haven't seen anything else of it. I know people really really love the Arrowverse, just haven't watched it. I, I don't ha- I don't watch the CW or whatever subscription. I think it's CBS <laughs> now. I don't know, but yeah, never watched the Batwoman show. Um, yeah, I, I watched like the first episode of Arrow and didn't really like it that much. Yeah, I, I know people really like it. Like <laughs> I said, I just can't really get into it, honestly. But um, I, I understand why people would like it. it. It has its merits. But yeah, this is this is the recast. I don't know how they're going to make it work. To be honest, I don't much care because I don't watch the show. I don't, I'm not really interested <laughs> in seeing how they're going to pull all this off. Um, but uh, there you go. Um, they are recasting her with, like I said, uh, Javica Leslie. Um, and I'm just seeing how they're going to make this Ooh. work. Javica Leslie. Uh, I hope I'm saying that, pronouncing that right. Javikia? Javikia Leslie? I, I don't know. I can't pronounce the name. Has she been in anything? Uh, let me see. Uh, Leslie? Um... Let me see. I imagine she would be a big <laughs> television um, actress, but um, oh, okay. let me see. Um, here's the biggest things I've found. Um, as far as movies go, Stuck, Always a Bridesmaid, Pass Homenetics, Dreadmere, mm. I, I don't know. Let me see what her TV shows are. That's what I want to know. Um. Okay, the family business. Uh, Carl Weber's the family business. Um, God friended me, and Batwoman. That's that's it. Okay. So yeah, I'm really not sure. Um, why she's getting this role, but 
I wish him luck. I mean, I guess the best, I don't know a whole lot about how people even feel about the Batwoman show, but um, yeah, best of luck to her. Um, and then we also have the Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music. Um, so, Patrick, have you seen the first Bill and Ted, or both of them? Uh, I just watched the first one. I haven't seen the second one. What'd you think of it? It was enjoyable. It's entertaining. I think it's a a really great kids movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know, you know, I don't know if it really, uh, yeah, you know, if it really deserves the cult status that it has, mm-hmm. like as far as across you know age groups. But uh, it, it was definitely enjoyable. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think it, I I totally see why it has the cult status that it has, and I would probably ag- ag- like agree with it on that. I would seen Bill Ted's mm-hmm. Bogus Journey. I know that that one's sort of um, not as loved as the first one. I'll probably see it before three comes out. Um, I know that now what's been kind of like this cool thing, like oh, Bill and Ted two is better than Bill and Ted one. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, speak to that. I think that's kind of been a thing now. Like supporting Zack Snyder has been become a thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill and Ted three. Um, now, um, obviously, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are a lot older than they were when they were um, <laughs> teenage kids. And I'll be. I'll definitely be. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'll definitely be interested in seeing how they make this work. I mean, I think now it'll just be so weird seeing these adult men. Acting like they they were as teenagers. Did you watch the trailers for Bill and Ted Three, Patrick? Yeah, I watched uh, the most recent trailer, and it was interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely. I I think it's gonna be. I think it's cool that now they have like daughters, and I'll definitely be interested in seeing how that part plays out. And uh, I like Bill and Ted One. I'll say that. So if I definitely am excited about this one, it's probably one of the ones i'm most excited to see just because it's, you know, it's coming to streaming i believe and that'll be cool uh because i haven't seen a lot of movies that have come out this year um and most of them haven't been that great uh the only good one i think i've seen is onward and um that's basically it and i know that you got, you got, i wanted to see the old guard and i haven't really gotten to that yet so bill ted 3 is probably the one that i'm gonna see sooner but it's probably not the one that I'm most excited for coming out soon. Tenet! Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, yeah! All right. Have you seen the trailers for Tenet? Uh, I've, I've seen a few of them. I don't know which ones they were, but yes, I have seen some trailers. Well, listeners of this show will know Christopher Nolan's my favorite director, and I couldn't be more excited for Tenet! Woohoo! Okay, yes, uh, Christopher Nolan is making some sort of time travel, time warping type of movie. I don't think it's exactly time travel, but you're sort of almost like Doctor Strange, like altering the age of something or rewinding it. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, it's got, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the lead character. It's got. And who's being who's supporting? But it's got John David Washington, who's the main character, um, and uh, Kenneth Branagh, I believe, is going to be playing the villain. And then we got Michael Caine. Also, I don't think he'll play a big role, but I mean, 
it's the Nolan film, so he's definitely gonna pop up. It's, he he's the the neighbor's <laughs> character has been announced, and it's it's Sir Michael. <laughs> so it's not that exclusive <laughs> of a name, but um, Tenet has been all over the map um, as far as releasing it has gone. Uh, Christopher Nolan has says he will not release it to streaming, and um, I don't want him to because I want to see this in theaters because all his movies are just great to see in theaters from what I've heard which is so unfortunate because I'm wanting to see a Christopher Nolan uh, Christopher Nolan movie in theaters um I'm excited for this I mean the, the trailers they haven't given you much which is it's obviously something that Christopher Nolan would do I'm not excited honestly because of the trailers I'm just excited because it's Christopher Nolan and I think he's gonna make a really good movie and I probably won't don't think it'll be the best Nolan movie but I'm certainly hoping it's going to be the best movie of the year. Uh, but then again, for me, that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, that's definitely not saying much. But I, I'm, you know, I'm honestly not as, I'm definitely not as excited as you are <laughs> because I'm not as big a fan of Nolan as you are. Mm-hmm. But it definitely seems like one of the more interesting releases this year. I don't, I can't really think of anything else that I have much interest in at all. Yeah. As far as new movies, but mm-hmm. you know, that's been heavily affected by recent events, so uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It could be yes. good. I definitely want to see Robert Pattinson doing something new. See if he's yes. still up to par for the Batman. Yeah, that's definitely something else that I'm wanting to another reason that I'm wanting to see Tenet is just because I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Robert Pattinson's movies. I saw him in Goblet of Fire, which I don't think was exactly a showcase performance for him. Um, but he got the White House last year. Haven't seen that one. I know he's supposed to be really good in it. Um, and there's also, I think you, you said Good Time or Good Times, Patrick, that was made by the guys who made um, Uncut yeah, Gems. Yeah, Staffy Brothers. Yeah. And he's supposed really to be great. Yeah, he's supposed to be good in that. Um, so I'm wanting to see him and see if he's up for the task as uh, uh, to be Batman. I know that. He had a little bit of controversy when he said he wasn't working out um, to be Batman, which uh, I don't exactly have a huge problem with that. I guess just, I mean, he he might just be playing a leaner Batman and doesn't have to be as as buff. But I don't know. I'm yeah. definitely excited for the movie. Matt Reeves, he's really good. I think he's done a great job with the Planet of the Apes trilogy. And, um, you know, Tim Cloverfield Lane, that was... I always think of that more as a J.J. Abrams movie and not a Matt Reeves movie, but he definitely brought a unique style to it, but I think it's not as good as Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is much better. Um, but yeah, Tenet! Very excited for it. And, um, you know, that one's been all over the map, just as far as scheduling goes. and uh, the um, I think all the, the tickets have started for the UK. I think you can see that one pretty soon and uh, if you're in the UK. And the tickets for that, it's already just so high. I mean, this is, I think people are just really ready to see something in theaters or being, just watching everything yeah. on digital. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the if movies are going to stay in theaters is, or, or if theaters are still going to exist after COVID. That's been something that people have been asking a whole lot of. And I, I, I certainly hope that they stay, that they're here to stay because they're, as much as, um, as good as TVs are now and as good as speakers are, I think that you can't, for me, you can't beat the theater experience. If I were to watch a movie 
at my house or in theaters, I totally pick theaters. I think it's probably worth the money, even though yeah, some of some of it is a little overpriced. I see why people want to watch movies at, at home because it's just cheaper that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely excited for Tenet, and it's just uh, it's been one that people are interested in. I think Warner Brothers is banking a whole lot on this one to see if people are still willing to see movies in theaters. Um, but yeah, Tenet. Uh, definitely excited to see that. Um, one small detail that was released is that there's no green screen in Tenet. It's all practical. Hmm. What do you think of that? That's pretty great. Uh, I think practical effects... Uh, I think the most important thing about practical effects is that they they stand the test of time better in general. Mm-hmm. Like Like some good practical effects for the day will usually last a couple decades... But some really good CGI for the day can age really fast. So for, yeah. for Nolan, who's trying to make, you know, lasting works, I think that's always the right move. Yeah, Nolan has always been sort of a, um, like a, 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 I guess a film snob sort of, but he's always like, I guess, the old ways to put it in james bond terms and skyfall yeah <laughs> but um just like you know he, he'll release movies on film and different aspect ratios very similar to i guess scorsese and quentin tarantino and and i don't think spielberg does it as much spielberg has been sort of adapting like with ready player one he just went full cgi and there's he has his moments where he'll do something that like an older filmmaker would do but i think one of the reasons i just appreciate Nolan so much is that he's that he does this practical effects, which I think you're right. I could be more forgiving to like a um, a Harry Howlson film than I am like a really bad CGI film. Like, cause that's just it's just not great to look at when it's a bad CGI film. Yeah. Um. But honestly, I think uh, as uh, you know, in a, a completely different tack, as film gets older, I feel like we'll look back at this bad CGI with kind of a, a nostalgia almost, because CGI yes. will look so good that. It you know it, it won't even look like CGI and it'll be kind of weird. Yeah, and I definitely think that like I do think that you know when Mad Max Fury Road and Mission Impossible Fallout came out, I think that that really got audiences looking a little more at what practical effects could do now because I think that uh, there was just a moment there where we were just so used to uh, CGI action films. I mean that's a yeah like hate on Michael Bay or the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, those movies are, are, are fine at what they do, but I mean, I think people, uh, for a while, just thought this was all, the only the, act, the only action films they were going to get. Um, and, you know, Bond had also so, sort of started adapting to that area as well, so that was not something we were looking at a whole lot as well, even though the Casino Royale and Skyfall, they did have some practical effects to them. But uh, I think George Miller came out with Fury Road and was like, yeah, practical effects rock and so people started to look more at those and have a, I think a, a bigger appreciation for them um but yeah tenet i'm very excited for it i know that touch you might not be as excited as i am but i think it'll certainly be uh one that people are going to want to check out in theaters not just because they're cooped up in here but i think that christopher nolan is probably one of the most famous directors working right now just because of you know i mean i think that every movie he's made has been really appreciated. I, I mean, there's probably some who, who disagree. I know that Interstellar has its sort of 
falling that people think it's not as good. And I'm sort of in the middle <laughs> on that. But um, yeah, definitely excited for Tenet. And uh, we'll be back to talk about some more headlines after the break. We're back. Yep, we're back. Let's get into it. Okay, we got a few more trailers to break down. All right, Unhinged Trailer 2 uh, came out a few days ago. Um, where are you at with Russell Crowe's latest outing? Um, here it is. I really like Russell Crowe. I really like him in a lot of his earlier movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him in 310 to Yuma, for example. I thought he was really good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sold on this one i'm not i'm not the kind of guy that goes for thrillers unless there's like another element that's interesting to me you Uh know like personally about them and i don't know about i don't know about this whole like road rage storyline it feels a little gimmicky i'm gonna be honest it feels a little Mm. like oh you know it's like somebody was just daydreaming in their car one day like what if road rage, you know, there was an incident of road rage that was really, really bad. And then they like went to a Hollywood producer and they were like, oh, yeah, if we get Russell Crowe to do it, then lots of people will go see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't um, know. if it's good, it's good. I, I mean, that I, it remains to be seen, but I'm not really sold that it will be good. Yeah. You know what? Um. I'm swimming the same boat with you as well. Russell Crowe, like I said, when I was talking about 310 to Yuma, probably one of my favorite actors, honestly, just working right now. Glider was awesome, and he was awesome in it. 310 to Yuma, Master Commander, I wanted to see. Just be- You recommended it to me, and just because he's supposed to be good in it. So I'm also excited to check that one out soon. Um, Unhinged. I have a, a sort of a roller coaster relationship with this movie. Um, and when I saw the first trailer for this, I was so excited. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, Russell Crowe, uh, a thriller, uh, him sort of giving a, a bit more of a crazier performance. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Then, I, like, I watched that trailer like 12 other times. Like, it was the only trailer I wanted to watch. Um, I know, Patrick, you're not as big on trailers yeah. as I am, but, you know, I'm always kind of, like, every day I'll sort of click on YouTube just real quick and see if any new trailers have come out. Um, but I watched the first trailer many, many times, and um, I, I was so excited for it. I think it had a, a good soundtrack in the back. I think it had some Nirvana or something. Uh, the song was Heart-Shaped Box, like that. You know, Russell Crowe looked like he was given a different performance, which, yeah, I like to see that. Uh, then I saw the second trailer. What you think of the second trailer, Patrick? Did you see that? Um, yeah, is that the one with the uh, kind of like old timey PSA road rage thing playing behind it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was a clever marketing thing. You know, like as they, you know, every everything they were talking about, every element of road rage that they were you know, mentioning would then be shown, you know, in some small way or hinted at that it was going to be in the movie, in the trailer. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, pretty well constructed. Uh, yeah. What did you think about it? 
All right. So, all right. Okay. I was not as excited after seeing this trailer. <laughs> um, I was like, well, this is different. And, um, you know, I don't know if this movie has shown um, screenings before it's released in theaters. I think it has because when I was really into this movie, I went on to Letterboxd and, you know, some of the people in Letterboxd just got review movies that haven't even come out, which is something I hate. But some of them had acted like they had really, really seen it. And th- it was just a really meh reaction, which is something I, I felt was happening a whole lot. was meh. It was okay. Yeah. And it's already got like a score on Letterboxd. I think the highest rate it's gone is just a, a three star, and then it just sort of goes down from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just sort of been middling, mediocre. I feel like this is just this isn't going to be one that's going to be memorable, and people are just going to watch this, and it's just going to like you're going to someone's going to be scrolling through Russell Crowe's filmography, and be like it's going to be down at the bottom, yeah. like oh, what's this one? You know, it's this isn't going to be a memorable film. And uh, I thought that the, it was clever, sure, but it didn't do anything for me. I'm not excited uh, anymore after seeing this. And then yesterday, I saw Russell Crowe did a a video of him like sort of hyping up um, the uh, the movie, and it was so weird. Like he's like, "So I got this new movie coming out, <laughs> uh, Unhinged. Yeah, it's called." unhinged. It's going to be effing awesome, and you're going to effing see it. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is this? And so I was like, oh, okay, that was another weird one, too. So I felt just the same reaction to the trailer I felt. Um, but, yeah, it's going to, like I said, I'm personally, I'd like to see it. I, I'm probably going to end up seeing this one, just because I want to watch a movie in theaters, but it's Russell Crowe, you know, I think it's a, it's worth watching. I think he looks like he's going to be given a, a, a cool performance in the movie, but also you're right, like when I first saw the trailer, Patrick, no joke, I was like, are they remaking Duel? That first Steven Spielberg movie, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, yeah. but that's like a guy who sort of has road rage and chased after uh, a male, but in this unhinged movie, it's like, oh, they're they're doing something different. Instead of making the the character a male like they did before, they're recasting it with a female. Ooh, <laughs> but it said never been done like, before. Oh, okay, they're just yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it but it was it was called unhinged. I was like, oh, this is just gonna be something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, there's. I just want to see because it's Russell Crowe. I think the first trailer looked pretty cool. I think we're going to see some intense car chases, uh, which I'm totally down for. But also, like, some of it's really over the top. Like, I felt like like, some of the lines I didn't like in the first trailer, like, you better wake up or something. And then the girl's like, I'm wide awake. And I was like, that's not a very good line. Um, But I did, like, I did like sort of a monologue he had in the trailer where it was like, a, I'm going to show you what a bad day really is. I like that mm-hmm. part. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's another sort of cheese line, but I was like, oh, that could turn out to be really cool. Sort of like the killing joke, like one bad day that'll drive you insane or whatever. And I don't know. I, I'll, I'll end up seeing it, but I don't think, like I said, it's, it's going to go right over people's heads, I think. Why do you think that? Okay. Well, I think that 
just not only just because of the scores I've seen, but I think this is a really just. I don't, do people follow Russell Crowe a whole lot more? No, I think he had the he had Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind. I feel like uh, I don't feel like he's has he done much since The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and uh, directed by Shane Black. Has he done anything after that? Um, I don't know if he has, but I think he's still a draw for a certain demographic. I agree. I just don't feel like this is gonna have any memorable quality to it. Like, oh, I don't sorry. think people are gonna. Like yeah, when, sorry, I got confused because you said like, that it was going to go over people's heads. And I was like, wait, because cause that kind of implies that, like, there's going to be some quality that people won't get. And it's, like, actually really cool. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I think it's just going to be one that, like, it's just going to go over people's heads. Like, they're not going to oh, see like it. Oh, like, I don't think that many people are going to watch gonna this It's going to be, like, one. thrown to the wayside, just forgotten. Yeah. I got you. Like, I don't think, I don't think when Russell Crowe dies and yeah. there are people at his funeral <laughs> and like people go over it's like Russell Crowe not only was he a loving person and a, a family man but he was also a really talented actor he did Gladiator Master and Commander The Nice Guys 310 to Yuma and oh, at the bottom here it says he did <laughs> yeah so there you go. Like it's just not gonna be one that's up there when you look back at Russell Crowe. Like that's a guy who did unhinged. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a bit interested in checking it out. But like I said, like just looking at the the scores and stuff, it's got a two point seven right now on Letterboxd. I know people have probably seen it. I'm sure it's had early screenings, uh, which also, you know, I got the screen it pulled up here. And it says that the, um, I think on Friday you can get. Um, early uh screenings you can get tickets to see an early see to see early screenings of tenant mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> i'm definitely excited about that but yeah. um yeah i want to see unhinged because i thought the first trailer looked cool but like i said i think that it won't end up being a great film but i think it'll be pretty good i'd like to see a, a car type of thriller but just something i don't think i've ever seen before so woo-hoo. nice um uh, okay, next on the list, you know, I got Screen Rant pulled up here, like I said. We got some breaking news here. So, a John Hughes movie called Planes, Trip Automobiles is going to be remade, starring Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Um, I don't know if you've Bruh. seen this movie, Patrick. Bruh. I have not. Bruh. Stop remaking things, bruh. Bruh. Yes! Bruh, <laughs> Bro, write a script. Oh my word. Come up with a story. Be creative. Be an artist. Don't remake anything ever again, please. I really, at this point, like, really love. I don't want it remade. Like, if it's something that is really beloved and awesome, don't touch it. And if it's something that's, like, mm-hmm. not that great, but, like, good enough, I guess, to, like, draw people to the theater, it's probably not going to be super great. Oh, excuse me. That's like a remake. Yes, so I agree. Do it. I agree. I mean, are we? What are we gonna get next? The Breakfast Club remake? Are we remaking all the John Hughes movies? I oh, hope not. Man. I Don't mean, this Breakfast Club. Ugh. <laughs> you don't like that one? Mm-mm. Not a fan. It's it's all right. Okay. It's whatever. It's it's a little too eighties for me. 
Like it feels very eighties when you're watching it. But other than that, it's it's fine. Well, John Hughes is sort of known for being one of the greatest eighties directors. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I really like that one. Yeah, that um, one's better. Uh, but um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles ha- is not one I haven't seen. I don't even think it's one of the best, one of the bigger John Hughes movies. Um, which might be why they're remaking it. But Will Smith and Kevin Hart are are the stars of this. And I'm with you, Patrick. Why do we have to keep remaking things? I mean, yeah. the only case where I think that it's worked in a way is with the Disney live action films. And in my mind, only one of them is, is good, and it's The Jungle Book. And I thought that one was really good and probably better than the original, honestly. But other than that, they, it's, no one's ever loved these remakes. They've made money, and that's why I hate them, is because if people are like, oh, here we go. Disney's remaking another one of their classics, and they're, they're there first day in theaters. And that's just yeah. so, so annoying. Uh, I mean, I get that people want to see their films remade, but this is, but this one wasn't even an animated movie. Like Robocop, that failed. That remake, that, that one failed. Um, and I can't think of a case where one that, like, if you're remaking, a live action movie. I have never seen a case. It's worked a whole lot. Besides, I guess Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one worked. Then the second one came out and it didn't do so good. Um, it just it just doesn't make sense. I I guess in the studio mind, it does make sense because we're exactly. making money. Exactly. But I, like I said, this is this isn't even one of the the greatest John Hughes movies. I mean, if they're wanting to go through John Hughes' filmography, I guess why not redo The Breakfast Club? Just don't redo any of them, honestly. But, like, why are we going to this one when I don't even know if that's one that's on the top of people's minds when they think of John Hughes? I blame Kevin um, I, mean, I think they're... I think he took it to the studio. He said he watched it one night. He caught it on, like, HBO or something at, like, 11. He was like, whoa. Dude, I'm I'm gonna make this with Will Smith, and I'm gonna make a bunch of money off it. Oh wait, I gotta wake up and eat a <laughs> banana and work out. Ah. <laughs> oh and yeah, like it's so weird too. Like, like it's so obvious what the studio is doing. Also, like if it wasn't Kevin Hart who came to the idea, they're like, once the was guys like, hey, what if we made we made this old John Hughes movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? But get this, there's a twist. It stars African American people <laughs> instead of white people. Like that's the only change I'm seeing. Like it's like it's not it's not like cars and automobiles. Yeah. It's it's still planes, trains, and automobiles. It's just so oh I, I hate that they're remaking them. And half of them never even work. Like Terminator, you the Terminator Dark Fate, you could call that a remake. I, because it's got a, a younger cast or whatever, and just a few of the older people, kind of like Force Awakens. Yeah. But that one bombed bad. Like, that didn't do good. So, I'm, I'm not just a fan so... of any of it, man. Yeah, I, I can't think of a case it's worked, honestly, for me, except The Jungle Book. I mean, these remakes are just awful, and it makes me just hate the studios even more and when they're not even 
messing up some director's film or making changes that don't even need to be made. But now I'm making literally something. I really just I blame Disney honestly because they're the ones who got this off this whole thing started with uh, the hundred one dollars. And then it just kept yeah. going ever since, and people have been falling in their steps. Oh, enough said, like, man. The, the only way that, like, remaking a story works is when you're taking it between mediums. Like, if you're taking a television show to a movie, that can work sometimes. If you're taking a book to a movie, that is how some of the greatest classic movies were made. A good book uh-huh. turned into a movie by a good director. That's what they need to keep investing in. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, people like Christopher Nolan, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but, hey, he's making original movies, you know, or he's adapting yes. Batman. You know, like, that is the kind of thing that I want to see, even if I don't like the end product as much. Like, be original, man. Come on. That's why I like Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And he's writing his own stuff. Uh. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I'm scared, honestly, Patrick, like, for the future movies. Like, I am scared, like, when I'm going through YouTube and I see the trailer for the remake of 2001 or or oh, The no. Shining or Indiana Jones. I mean, that just has me stinking scared because those are movies just no one needs to touch. And, like, Back to the Future, you don't touch that. Just, just yeah. leave it alone. I mean, I know people can dream what if, Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. starred in a remake oh. of the Back to the Future. And and that's all fun and games to think about. But when that movie comes out, it's gonna Oh happen. no. Yeah, then then it just is not something I ever want to see. I don't ever want to see a remake to any Stanley Kubrick movie or a Steven Spielberg movie or like a Nolan film or anything yeah. like that. I just Stay away from those. Those were original ideas, and that's why I like you know, Scorsese, Tarantino, um, Christopher Nolan, and even looking back at like Kubrick and stuff. Only always making new things. But then we got these studios coming over here and just remaking a bunch of stuff and hiring some random director. And I'll I'll say the next films I'm that I'm going to be listing. Or a bunch of remakes, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's just it's so crazy that are being announced. When and honestly, I think I'd be fine if we got one once every once in a while. I mean, look at a, a Star is Born or Little Women; those have worked. I mean, A Star is Born is considered one of the best movies that came out. Uh, Last decade, it did Little Women. That was a that has been remade like over like a hundred times. I yeah, mean, sure. It's I just wish that studios would look at some of these movies and just say, "Don't touch them." And especially like a John Hughes movie. I mean, whether or not people like John Hughes has a massive following, and like I don't think John Hughes fans are going to want to see Kevin Hart and Will Smith star in a remake of one of their beloved films. It just the whole idea just. Makes me recoil, honestly, but you know, here we are. Like I so said, what's the next remake you're going to talk about? All right, here we go. Um, well, let me see here. Um, we'll get to some of the later remakes, but we've also got a Godzilla museum coming to you in Japan. 
so this is what I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in this. Like, I think we got a James Bond type of museum one time with the Smirsh or Spectre headquarters, and that was supposed to be pretty cool. Um, but here, like, you can zip line straight into um, Godzilla's mouth. Ooh. I think this will be pretty interesting. That'd be cool. I, Godzilla has a, just a huge legacy. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that would be something I'd I'm probably not gonna fly to Japan to see, but I think the for those God the, those diehard Godzilla fans, they're not this is something I think they'd enjoy. If I was in Japan, I'd definitely check that out. Like that sounds really awesome. Yeah. This next one that we've got coming up, I imagine won't mean anything to me or you, Patrick. Um, but, okay, I don't know if you know this, but Twilight um, got its fourth book. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it, got, it got its fifth book called, I think it was Midnight Sun. Which makes no sense, but um, no, we have we've got Stephanie Meyer writing these novels, and it was released I think two days ago. She's got two more books ready that wow. she's gonna be making. So um, you know, what do you think of Twilight, Patrick? Um, I watched or I began the first Twilight movie once in my life and it, it, when I was going through a really dark time and <laughs> I you know it was kind of a wake-up call and it made me turn my life completely around and I decided not to ever watch Twilight that was that was really the only insight that I got don't watch Twilight uh <laughs> I haven't read the books I would believe that they're better than the movies I don't think that would be much very very difficult to do uh but i guess you know it has a big enough fan base that they're gonna keep making them as long as they can so (laughs) good for them what do you think about all that yeah okay so my mom is a, a twilight fan so um so i decided out of obligation (laughs) <laughs> and to read the book, I, I read the book, the first one. Yeah. And uh, so one of the the were made. Not reading the book. <laughs> not not reading the book. That was the book. Okay, it's got its demographic. Yeah. I mean. Pat, you and I are just two males. <laughs> Cannot yes. really just go with the the demographic of this of this um, series, book or film. I, I'm, maybe there are some males that that do really like um, Twilight. I, I don't know. Um, not males. I know like my. Us. <laughs> it's not males like us. Scene and he's just sort of like I asked him because mom really likes the movies. So she hasn't read any of the books though. Um, 
But as for that, like, you know, mom really likes to try movies. Have you seen me? And his reaction in a nutshell is like, yeah, I, I saw them. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't feel like he has much to say about them. And it makes sense. But I mean, I haven't seen the movies, which I imagine are far worse than the book. But I think I read the book and thought, you know what? These characters seem to be interesting enough that I would be willing to read the whole series. So what I did was I bought the whole series on Amazon. Wow. And that, my friend, might have been one of the worst decisions I've ever made with my money. Yeah. And it... It was not a good decision. I mean, <laughs> I haven't even put them up since I read the first five pages of book two. And then when I, I, I sort of had them sitting there for a little while. I, I read the first one, was like, oh, this is, this could go somewhere. And I thought, like, I'd give it like a three star if I was to rate it. Like, I'd give it a three. Yeah. Um, and then I bought the second third and fourth book and had them just sort of sitting there on my shelf for a while. And I was like, you know, I, I, I need to get to these, you know, because the first one wasn't horrible. Um, but through that, 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 that time, that gap that I hadn't, that I, that I hadn't read the second one and in between reading the first, I looked back at Twilight and was just sort of like, Oh, like just the whole lot of memories started flooding back. I'm like, it's just so schmaltzy, is what it is. Mm -hmm. But like, not in like a happy way. Just the romance, like it's so Edward's eyes just glistened through the light. My heart melted. It was just. I read first five pages of book two, never picked it up again. Like, if our listeners want the books, I I give them to you for for money. I I got I would sell these for sure. I, they're, they're just not like books that I ever want to go back to again. But you know what? I I'm just so like I they, they, these movies have been called the worst ever. Like some of the worst movies ever, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well. Maybe I should. I'd be willing to go over rewatch and also just to watch with my mom and see what she thinks of them. But I mean, got our boy Robert Pattinson <laughs> being the star of <laughs> of the of these of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Patrick, how was Robert Pattinson in the fir- the bit you saw of the first film? Um, he. Uh, I believed he was, he was a good vampire. Uh, he sold me, he sold me on being a vampire, but he didn't sell me on being a particularly interesting vampire, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. He just, he was a very bland, but believable vampire. He's grown a lot, I would say, since then. As an actor. You know I'm not honest. I'm honestly not gonna like if that's the description you give the 
the Edward of that film. I, I think that's the the source material, honestly. Edward is yeah. sort of like this weird stalker who's sort of staring at Bella sometimes, and then he, he's kind of a weirdo, honestly. Not just because he's a vampire, but just like his, his staring at stuff, like for me, like I don't want to see the Lost Boys if I'm going to see some sort of like a like a teen vampire movie. I mean, I don't sure. know if you see the Lost Boys, Patrick, but that one, that one's actually like really good. I, I actually really like uh, the Lost Boys. Um, I have, but seen um, that. yeah, that, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. it's got Sh- Joel Schumacher directing, but don't let that hold it hold you back because he has. <laughs> He brings a certain style in there that actually kind of works. Um, and really, I don't think he had a story credit for it, which is which is good. But um, yeah, two more books are planned for Twilight. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we've also got a, speaking of Joel Schumacher, um, the man has passed recently. He passed away this year. And since then, rumors have been flying around about a Joel Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. And uh, people are pushing for it. What do you think, Patrick? I, I, uh, <laughs> is that supposed to be, like, a good thing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, for me... Joel Schumacher was a big problem in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. A whole cut? That's probably not going to be that great. There were some deleted scenes for a subplot in Batman Forever, so it doesn't make... It's not out of the ordinary that there'd be a cut for that. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. (laughs) You haven't seen Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, have you? I have seen Batman and Robin. I have not seen Batman Okay, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just honestly just ambiguous to this news. I mean, I thought it'd be worth a mention, you because know, we're kind of in the middle of our Batman retrospective right, right now. Uh, but I mean, a, a Schumacher cut? I, I just don't. Uh, it, it just doesn't interest me. I'll, I'll watch it, you know, just to check it out. I guess because I'm a Batman sure. fan, but I can't being good. <laughs> yeah. Uh. uh Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about a lot of this movie news, honestly. I mean, um, just some of it's like, oh, well. But we got some good news also, Patrick. We have some good news. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Michael Keaton will be returning as Batman in the Flash film starring oh. Ezra Miller, which uh, Sam and I have talked about um, this news before, I think at the end of one of our Batman episodes, but we haven't got a chance to talk about to make this news official for the Movie Maniacs podcast. What do you think? Yeah. Well, uh, that is cool. Uh, I I love Michael Keaton. I love him as Batman. I, I've always thought that him coming back as Batman would work. I kind of wanted mm-hmm. them to maybe not do it this way like not in a flash movie or mm-hmm. specifically an Ezra Miller flash movie no offense to the man yeah. but uh i'm not like a huge fan of his flash for any reason i'm not really a huge flash fan in general i guess so that's not really saying much 
but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I could be interesting. It's definitely gonna draw a lot more people to that movie than I think they would have got otherwise. So I see why they did it. Yeah, I, I agree. For me, a film with Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, um, you put him in Batman Beyond, the movie. Right. Because like, in the cartoon series, he and uh, Batman Beyond have this great dynamic of him sort of being the, the guy in the chair and being a mentor to Batman Beyond and him sort of passing the mantle and all that. That's the, the really interesting um, dynamic for me. And that's where I'd like to put Michael Keaton. But this Flash movie is, a, is, adap- is an adaptation of the Flashpoint comic where I believe the Flash goes back to try to erase his mother's murder. But while doing so, he completely messes up this sort of reality. And so... Uh-huh. Um, characters are different and I think the Batman plays probably a, a bigger role in that comic than like say him making like a cameo and it's been official like this isn't a cameo for Michael Keaton he's gonna play supporting role as far as being I guess instead of him mentoring Batman Beyond he's mentoring the Flash I, I think it could be a cool dynamic but I would never was really crazy about Ezra Miller's Flash to be honest I don't really like Ezra Miller a whole lot on it yeah he's done some okay roles but I, I don't see him as anything special as the Flash he's kind of replaceable I feel Yes, you know, he had a bit of controversy earlier with him hitting someone, I think, at Comic-Con or something, and I think it might have been if he's even going to be returning as the Flash, but so really? far, I think he is He is on board. Yeah, I think he hit somebody, and I think he might have had a bit of trouble there, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's definitely, it, it makes me look forward to the Flash movie now. I never was before this news, but seeing Michael Keaton come back, that that's pretty encouraging for me. Yeah, um, I mean, that would definitely be cool to watch. Yes, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> excuse me. We also, <laughs> uh, we also have Ben Affleck. Uh, I think he announced his upcoming project. With uh, he will be um, directing a film about the making of Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. We think that. Uh, I don't like Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like, even though I do, I did like his Batman. I don't really like him as a person. <laughs> if, I, if I can say that, if I can get that personal on here, I mean, obviously, I don't know him, so who's to say? But uh, I don't like what I've seen of him. Um, Chinatown was good. Uh, I have it like a, at a four, which is really good for my rating system. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's not one of my personal favorites. It's more out of respect than anything. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I probably won't watch that. Have but you yeah. seen any of, of Ben Affleck's um, directing films, like The uh, Town or uh, No um, Argo? No. Yeah. See, no. I, what I've heard is that, <laughs> <laughs> what I've heard is that Affleck is not. Um, like the greatest actor, but I think he's made some good directing films. Like like you, I haven't seen any of his movies, but I mean, I think he won the Oscar for Best Director for 
um, Argo, and I think yeah. as far as the director, he's well respected. So I have a I have a feeling this movie will be good. I haven't seen Chinatown though. I know that's a a pretty well liked film. Um, mm-hmm. as far as just you know popularity and stuff, and it's got Jack Nicholson, so it definitely counts for something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like my interest peaked. You know, I was like, oh, that's interesting because I don't think he's ever made a um, film on based on like certain events or something. So that'd be cool. I'm just glad he's not remaking it. <laughs> to be honest, I was like, oh, yeah. is he remaking Chinatown? But no, he's just gonna do it about um, uh, just the making of that film. Which Patrick, is there some sort of interesting behind the scenes there to make it an interesting movie? Not. Uh, not that I know of, but I haven't really researched the making of Chinatown. And, you know, I didn't really think yeah. super into it. Well, um, coming what else we've got here is that the Obi-Wan show might um, start filming next month. Woohoo! Yes! Nice. There's some good news. Yes. With uh, For those of you who don't know, what the Obi-Wan show is, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but um, Ewan McGregor is uh, reprising his role as awesome. Obi-Wan on a Tatooine, well, he's in, while he's uh, over at Tatooine watching Luke, and um, this is by far the most exciting Star Wars project project that I, that I have on my radar, over the Ryan Johnson trilogy, or the Taika Waititi films, uh, other Star Wars shows that we've got coming up. Yeah. That's the one that I'm most excited Prequels, with all their flaws, I think Ewan McGregor is by far the best part of the prequels. Yeah. I, I'm very excited for this. You know, like, it, it was on, it was in question of whether or not this would even be made. Like, uh, like, there was a time where they had the scripts ready and then they threw them all out to remake them again. Uh, and so that that was like, oh, is this even gonna work? But I'm glad this is finally coming because I've been waiting for it. It's I'm definitely excited. Yeah, and um, is that gonna be released on Disney Plus? You said. Yeah, definitely, it will be released on Disney Plus. Cool. Um, and uh, we also have Ryan Reynolds has launched his own streaming service with one movie. Um. Um, I wanted to give that one a mention. That, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is interesting. I don't think that I'm I like him as much as other people do, um, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. I'm probably not going to get that streaming service. But it is like I don't even know what movie he has on there. Um, yeah, I'm just very ambiguous to it. Like I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Ryan Reynolds is just he, like he's an interesting figure, certainly. But I haven't really enjoyed a whole lot of his comic comedy films. I mean, he had Deadpool and stuff, and I haven't seen the Deadpool movies, but uh, what do you think of that, Patrick? Uh, yeah, it seems like anybody can start a streaming service these days. It's like they're going to be yeah. as common as TV channels were back in the day, de- or, you know, just a few years ago. Pretty uh-huh. soon. It's just kind of weird to me that a, a yeah. singular person, you know, a celebrity can start a streaming service if they want to. And, uh, I don't know. The entertainment world is just getting weirder and weirder. Yes, I, I think so, definitely. Um, hmm. Um, oh yeah, we've got the one and only Ivan. That is going to come out. 
Um, I think Danny DeVito is going to be in that. Oh, I think he's directing it, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, let me pull that one up on Letterboxd because that's an interesting one. Um, my brothers are big fans of that book series. Or, or that, that book, I think they had a, the, the second book came out called The One and Only Bob. <laughs> that came out a, a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, but mm. yeah, I really have no connection to this property, honestly. I think it's a well-watched book. I read the book one time and didn't think much of it. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's not directed by Danny DeVito. It's directed by E. Sharrock. Sam Rockwell, Angelina Jolie, and Danny DeVito. Um, hmm. And because uh, you and I probably don't know a whole lot about this, even though I read the book, Ivan is a 400 pound silverback gorilla who shares a communal habitat in a suburban shopping mall with Stella the elephant, Bob the dog, and various other animals. He has few memories of the jungle where he was captured, but when a baby elephant named it touches something deep within him. He's separated from her family in the wild, which causes him to question his life, where he can't, where he comes from, and where he ultimately wants to be. So I think that would be a good kids movie, honestly, as far as that, as, as far as that premise goes. Yeah, uh, I honestly did not know very much about that series at all. Uh, yeah, but sounds cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically in the same boat where you are. But another one we've got is Tron 3 is coming. Uh, that one was announced. I think it's got Jared Leto starring in that. Uh, nice. And you know, I, I didn't see the first Tron. I did see Tron Legacy, which I thought had some good CGI and stuff. But I thought, I thought it was just okay. Uh, but yeah. Tron 3, that sounds interesting for sure. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I actually didn't finish the first Tron, but I did watch it. And, you know, there were some good elements. I could see why it's a, a, a you know, kind of a underground classic or whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't really like it that much. The second one doesn't yeah. look super good. Although I do really like the soundtrack that Daft Punk did for Tron Legacy. For sure. Part of it is absolutely phenomenal. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if they get Daft Punk back. And <laughs> did you say who the director was going to be? Garth Davis, uh, who did huh. um, Lion and Mary Magdalene, which had a walking Phoenix in it as a Jesus, hmm. I think. Uh, but I know Lion, that was one that people really, really liked. So, yeah, under some people's radar. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw Lion. That's the one with the uh, the kid who grows up, like, in India, away from his parents or something, right? Yeah, definitely similar to that. It's a five-year-old Indian boy, gets lost on the streets of Calcutta, thousands of kilometers from home. He survives many challenges before being adopted by a couple in Australia. 25 years later, he sets out to find his lost family. Um, So I think that, I I have that one on my watch list. I want to see that one soon, because I've heard that it's pretty good. Um, Yeah, yeah, 23 is coming. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, with that team, it looks like it could be something good, you know? Like, it kind of seems like the Blade Runner 2049 thing where it's like, oh, it's a classic sci-fi movie. But, you know, we can do some really cool stuff today with sci-fi. And that's a good example of it, 2049 is. So, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe. 
Yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing how this is going to go. I mean, is this going to be a, a smart sci-fi movie? Like something like Interstellar, Blade Runner 2049? Or is it just going to be like uh, a not-so-smart sci-fi? Like, I'd... Like, is it... Yeah, you, you get what I mean? Like, is this going to be something yeah. like... Um, which I guess Star Trek could be smart sci-fi, right? But just something where, like, it's... <laughs> Yeah, at, at times, yeah, and it, but like, or is it just going to be more like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek? That's what I think it's going to be like. Hmm. I hope that it's more like a Blade Runner twenty forty nine because I really like that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, but uh, we also got Mulan is going to be Disney Plus, uh, but you got to pay thirty dollars to get it. Which I don't know. I think that that's pretty fair. I mean, that's what most movies cost now on digital and um i think I'm, that mulan is actually one that i'm kind of interested in seeing uh just to see if, it, if this is going to be like an action remake or something because i think that could be really cool but what do you think patrick yeah based on the trailer it looks like the action could be you know engaging to see. we'll see um but we've also got mall rats 2 coming out with, directed by Kevin Smith. I think Mallrats, that's kind of a cult classic, right? I, I have not seen it. I don't it. know what Mallrats is. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, I know it's it's got its, its cult following, and yeah. I know there are people who really like it. Um, honestly, I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan, honestly. He's not a lot of his films I've seen. It's um, the, the description by... Letterbox is both dumped by their girlfriends, two best friends seek revenge in the local mall. Um, and hey. <laughs> Ben Affleck is also going to be reprising his role, which you know, I know you don't like Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think, as far as some of the memorable quality of the movie, I think that that he sort of has a bigger role in it. Hmm, okay. Oh, it's a Kevin <laughs> Smith one that that rings a bell now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've um, never really gotten into the whole Kevin Smith thing, but yeah. Okay. Cool. I know where that is, or what that is. Vaguely. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think that for me, like, the only thing I really like um, I know him from is Superman Lives with Nicolas Cage and Tim Burton. Like, that's the huh. only property of his that I, like, recognize. Oh. That's not even been released. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been really great. I'm going to be honest. I would have loved that. You know how I feel about Nick Cage. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to not say that because (laughs) you've seen the set photos of that. I have. I have. Nick Cage looks out of his element, Patrick. Yeah, I know, but that's where he thrives. Okay, you need to see Mandy. I'm saying that. You should watch Mandy. I'm saying I'm gonna give him a chance for sure. He, I just don't see him working there. But I mean, he's he was. I'd say I really liked him inspired into the Spider Verse. So I'll give him that one because he was really fun in that movie as the um, noir Spider Man. That was yeah, fun. yeah. He definitely thrives in movies where he's able to take it so seriously that it is funny. Yes, I think that was one of the funny elements I thought of in um. Ghost Rider, it, it, it sort of had a laughable quality to it, just how like serious he was. Sure. Uh, but, 
um that's pretty much all that that i've got for us today um all right i'm sure we'll be back sometime with some more movie news but um that's pretty much all that i can think of if our listeners would have let us know if we missed any uh movie news please let us know um but uh Patrick, I guess that closes off this episode. Um, well, or this, this section of the show, we've got five movies you want to see soon. All right. Um, let me see. I'm just going to pull up my list real quick. Here we go. Okay. I am going to watch, or I would like to watch, The Great Dictator. I know I've had that on my list for a little bit now, but I really love Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin right now. and. Haven't seen this one in a while, so I want to give that one a, a, a fresh a fresh shot so uh, that I have it fresh in my memory and see what I really uh-huh. think about it. Uh, I want to watch uh, Barfly because it's written by uh, Charles Bukowski, and I just finished mm-hmm. a book by him, so interested to see how, was how it's... Uh, it, was, it was really good. It, I really like it. It was really... Uh, pretty pretty uh grimy it was pretty grimy and gritty stuff uh uh-huh. but it was it was kind of had a, a an absurdist humorous flair to it but it was it was kind of depressing almost at times like he's very <laughs> he's very uh he's very in touch with the the worst sides of humanity i would say and that's kind of mm-hmm. what he's all about uh yeah. so yeah so I'm just going to see how his writing style translates to film. Big Trouble in Little China is like a, a John Carpenter movie. You've probably heard of it. Yeah, I have. Wanted to see that just because I'm looking for really, you know, out there, creative, funny movies with cool visuals. That's kind of what I'm looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same vein, another John Carpenter movie, They Live, which is about mm-hmm. like aliens or something that are like taking over the world really interested in that uh Uh the bird with the crystal plumage is a dario argento uh horror movie from the 70s dario argento did suspiria and deep red and i've seen deep red thought it was really good really well done and suspiria is just kind of a classic but this one yeah i'm gonna be honest with you it has a really cool poster. So <laughs> that's why I want to watch it because the poster yeah. is really awesome. It's got like this cool bird and this woman is like in a pool of blood in the feathers of the bird and the bird is outside of his cage and the the lettering is all weird and I just, just think it looks awesome. So <laughs> I've got to watch what, what that, was that one. Called? I want to look at that image. This is called The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Okay. Uh, yeah. How I many mean, is that? Uh, what? Uh, how how many um have you named so far? Oh, that's oh, that's five actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I pulled up the image. That is a very cool looking image. Definitely, it's it's a, it's chilling. It reminds you a little bit of like something Tim Burton would make a little bit. Yeah, like the, a uh, doll or something. Uh huh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, for yeah. me, my number my five. Um. Okay, I want to mention the big one on my list. Side by Side, um, which is not exactly what you'd call a movie, but it's got Keanu Reeves 
interviewing a bunch of actors um, on the the cinema stuff, like David Lynch, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, David Fincher. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. And I am yeah. very interested in seeing this one because, I mean, not only are there going to be a bunch of famous filmmakers talking about the world of cinema, but like Keanu Reeves is going to be interviewing them. And so I think for me that, that I'm really wanting to check this one out. Um, the problem is I'm having a hard time convincing um, my family to watch it with me <laughs> because I don't think any of them else would be interested in this. But um, yeah, that's one that I definitely have on my list. I've been wanting to see that one for a very long time. Um, All right. Then I've got uh, a Citizen Kane. Still need to get to that one. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the greatest movies ever. So, I mean, <laughs> that's all I got to say about it. That's the only thing I've, I'm really wanting to see it. Uh, that's only really the real reason. Um, yeah. But I, there's also Paths of Glory um, by Stanley Kubrick. Um, you know, I was, uh, during my trip, I went to Barnes & Nobles, to a, to a Barnes & Nobles there. It was by far the best Barnes & Nobles I've been to. It's like four stories, which is like really just really interesting there are so many levels and um yeah. there was a stanley kubrick um book there just with a, a bunch of content from his movies and stuff and that was interesting uh but i, I did not get it i, I got a, a hellboy comic instead nice. um but i also want to see the elephant man by david lynch still want to go through some more of his filmography i've seen his short films but i want to see some more of his movies um and then Halloween 2018. Still wanting to see that one. Um, and I think my mom and I are probably going to get to that one pretty soon. Um, so I'm excited to see that one. And that is pretty um, Anything else you want to add to this episode before we uh, close off with where people can find us? I don't think so. Uh, well, for me, uh, I do want to give one mentioned to the the short film that I'm making, which I touched upon that earlier, but uh, yeah, I, I've I've also made my short um, a short film before. Um, that what I will say is I didn't care for it a whole lot, honestly. Like you said, I was kind of on on the fly, and just kind of out of nowhere, honestly. I filmed it with an iPhone, uh, with my iPhone, which is not does not have a great care a, a great camera. Uh, but I went back today and I did some editing to it which I think it gave it a nice little spin um, I'll send you the link to it Patrick um, and I, I'm pretty interested in seeing um, what my dad thinks of this who, who he helped he's, he's kind of the main character in it um, so I'm excited to uh, see what he thinks of it um, yeah. now I think I gave it a neat little spin to it uh, but I think I made even a better short film uh or shot a better short film yesterday, um, which I I shot a bit of that. It's, it's a short one, like I said, but uh, I'm doing some of the editing now, and I, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I think I, I, with the iPhone 11, I was able to do a lot better camera work uh, than I originally did. I just need to add some music to it, and um, uh, think of the title, honestly. Maybe, I'll send it to you, Patrick, and see what you think of it. Maybe you can help me figure out a title for it. Um, yeah, but, definitely. I really want to see that. Yeah, it, um, it's been really fun going through it. Uh, yeah, I, I re- I've watched what I've had many, many times, trying to figure out like if there's anything else I can add to it, and 
maybe do reshoots or stuff. So um, I'll definitely see, be interested in seeing what you think of it. But um, yeah, that's kind what I'm working on. I'm like I, I've mentioned before, I'm pretty sure, but I'd be very interested in looking at the, the career of, of being a filmmaker. So just sort of getting the chance to shoot some of the short films, it's been very fun. So uh, that's been what I've been working on. And um, I'm trying to create a bit of a, like a channel. I've, I've posted some of them on my, uh, uh, my first short film on YouTube, but the original title for it was so bad. I called it Torment, which is the worst <laughs> title for it. Like, it's such a horrible title when, like, it's really, like, I tried to create, like, I tried to create, like, a dark theme for it. Yeah. And I felt like it felt really, it felt really flat, honestly, because some of it was so silly, just, like, and the camera work was not great. So I changed things up a little bit. But, Patrick, you saw my short film. What did you think of it? <laughs> like, be honest. Be honest. Yeah, it- I mean, it was kind of a, it was like a single shot, I think. Like, you were just kind of carrying the, the camera throughout. It was like a found footage kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah I thought it was really creative. I, I liked how it started out, uh, you know, in the, the book club. That was interesting. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. seen that before. But, yeah, you're right. The, the camera work was, you know, very uh, chaotic and kind of hard, hard yes. to track what was going on. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hard to track what was going on uh all the time mm-hmm. but it definitely yeah. had some had some good moments like uh when y'all are hiding in the closet i think and you know you're, you're mm-hmm. you can't tell if he's gone or not that was like kind of a good cool tense moment mm-hmm. yeah that, I, I i agree with you like some of that camera work is really really clunky but um yeah i'll send you the project i'm working on right now you let me know what you think but yeah that's what i'm working on uh, but Patrick, where can people find you if they want to hear more about you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Letterboxd. Patrick O'Segan is my handle. It's one word, capital P, capital O. Check me mm-hmm. out. Uh, give me some follows because you know, I've got some <laughs> great opinions. I've got yes. some great, great opinions. And they're pretty much the only opinions on the internet that matter. So you might as well check them out. <laughs> Yeah, I I was so glad I went to your page and and you made a bio, which I was really hoping, yeah. I was really interested in seeing what your bio would be, that, and that's cool. Um, Thank you. And yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd. Uh, my handle is um, my name capital N O A H space N E W C O M B with a capital N. Um, you can also find me over at my blog if you're interested in seeing what my short film looks like. I believe I posted the link on there, so you go check that out there. If I haven't, I probably will do it like right after we finish recording. So, yeah, you can also find me there. And um, yeah, that pretty much closes out this episode. I think uh, I think we'll we we'll be back. It'll be with um, the Dark Knight Rises, and we'll do our ranking of all the Batman movies. So, um, I where are you at with Twin Peaks, Patrick? Because that's kind of one that we've had on our um, like I guess our get to list for a while. Yeah, yeah, I have not watched any more of it. I'm going to be honest with you. And with uh, college starting just around the corner, I don't know when yeah. I will get around to it. But so it might be a very mm-hmm. distant uh, future plan, much more distant than we originally were planning. So sorry about that. But we'll, we'll get to it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in seeing how that conversation will go. It'll be a big one. <laughs> definitely yeah. breaking down a whole show. But I think it'll be worth it, too. I think we'll probably... 
if it ends up being a really long conversation, we can split it up into parts, maybe break down season one, then like do season two, since that's a lot that season, and then Twin yeah. Peaks The Return will just sort of be its own conversation, I think. All right, sounds good. Um, so if you, oh, another big one that I forgot to mention, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Which yeah, is a yes, give, give give ourselves a clap on the back because that has been something I have been wanting to get to for a long time. Because I mean, anyone who has an iPhone can now listen to us. Because I mean, right now we've only been on Spotify which has really um, sort of limited us, I think, in scope. But um, now, like, you can go give us a rating there, which we'd really appreciate. Give us a five-star rating, maybe. That'd be nice. But if <laughs> you don't want to, that's fine. But leave, let us know there what you think of the show. You can also email us, livingmaniacs2020 at gmail.com. Um, but, yes, please, uh, if, please, uh, like, it's time to start spreading the word. If, tell your friends that that we're on the Apple podcast because I think this is the big one. I'm going to be trying to get us on more streaming services and because uh, uh, just to expand basically because we've only been on Spotify and I guess people can listen to us on Anchor as well, but um, Apple podcast, I mean, that's the big one, right? So I'm definitely very excited that we're on there. Cool. Um, so yeah, now I can say, uh, if you want to contact us, please so, please do so at moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com or go leave us a star rating uh, at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We'll sure review and um, we'll read it on the show, and even if it's a bad one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll read it. Like, um, but yeah, we'll probably be back with the Dark Knight episode out soon. We'll also be ranking all of them as well. Probably we'll say what our favorite Batman is as well, which that'll be pretty cool conversation as well. So that'll be an exciting episode. Uh, you can go listen to Patrick and I review some of the other, uh, some other films like Charlie Chaplin's films, uh, No Country for Old Men, and we did our top three of the decade. So go check out some of those other episodes. And Patrick, thank you for joining me. This was a fun conversation as we just hated on studios about them remaking movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back with the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, thank you for listening, and definitely go check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a start. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and go listen to some other episodes. So thank you for listening, and we hope you continue listening to us. Mm-hmm.